Hey folks and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The Daily Ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing... The Sixth Sense, Signs, The Village, The Happening, and newly released Knock at the Cabin Door, all directed by M. Night Shyamalan. It's going to be a great show, folks, so stay tuned and enjoy. Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? Tommy Boy, how's it going? Uh, it's going okay on my end. How was your uh, How was your Shyamalan week? Oh man, a roller coaster, a roller coaster. I mean, from the the highest of heights to the lowest of lows. Now you set it up this way, though, correct? It yes, was, yes, yeah. Like like we folks, like we talked about last week or at the end of the show, in case you didn't catch it. The idea here is that Shyamalan is a mixed bag, so. Uh, let's focus on two good films, two bad films, and uh, Knock at the Cabin will kind of be up in the air. You know, the, the coin flip, who knows where it's going to land. There were so. there were two things that surprised me mm-hmm. um, about, like, I was putting on these films and everything like that for the site. Sure. And one, his movies are way shorter than I thought. Oh, really? I thought he was a long movie guy. Like, I thought Signs was way longer. Right, right. Sixth Sense, way longer. But yeah. they're all around, like, a, an hour and 40-ish. Mm. That surprised me. Mm. Most of them are PG-13. Sure, yep, yep. That, that also surprised That's me. Huge, yeah. Uh, we're actually covering his only two rated R films uh, this week, which is happening in Knock at the Cabin. Right. And then he goes through different trans. It's it's funny to see things happen when he's. Early. I mean, he's gone through so many phases. One thing that shocked me is he really never stopped making movies ever. <laughs> right, it's like right. two years, we're good to go. Boom, two years, another yep. two years, another two years. Yep. Things were always coming up out by him. And uh, yeah, he's a Pennsylvania boy. He's Keystone. He is through and Keystone through. all the way. Yeah, I, I mean, and actually, as a highlight uh, in some of these, uh, I mean, the setting work of Pennsylvania. Yes. I mean. Call me biased, so, <laughs> but I, I really did enjoy some of the nuances of where he was deciding to shoot. I mean, we're from Pennsylvania, and I don't think I would ever dare make all of my films in Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what a ludicrous commitment. Uh, it's, you're you're going to run out of gas. And he goes point. for it, but it works, I think, for the most part. Yeah. Now, sometimes the scenery takes a back seat. Yeah. Sometimes he's filmed in New Jersey. Like, Knock at the Cabin Door is mostly filmed in Jersey, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. But okay. he, he's, you know, it's, it's supposed to be rural Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, do we want to start with, let's go back to The Sixth Sense. Sure. This is 1999. Uh, this is a very recognizable movie. Uh, whether you've seen it or not, everyone knows it. Everyone knows the lines from it, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I know, right, right. Uh, again, surprise me that it's an hour and 47 minutes. It's 1999. It's Bruce Willis, Haley Joel Osment. And this was, I think, his third or fourth film. 
Uh, but yeah. this is the one that really obviously started this to kick off the, his yeah, career. This was so the catapult. This is early Shyamalan, The Sixth Sense, 99. How did we like it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert, uh, loved it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, this film was... I, of course, have seen this film before. Uh, returning to it with the eyes of, you know, trying to review it, though. Yeah. It really did kind of take on a, a different different spin for me. Has um, it been a while since you've seen it, though? Oh, yeah. Is it like a TV I mean, watch, maybe, uh, or something like that? This signs... Yeah, because I, uh, I've never seen uh, Village... And happening was only like a you know right. <laughs> like a pity watch or like a guilty <laughs> pleasure watch, probably since I was a kid, yeah, like okay. actually a kid. Yeah, you know maybe not when these were coming out per se, but yeah. Uh, we talk, folks. We talk a lot about trademarks of directors and probably the most well known of all trademarks, at least in modern landscape, is the Shyamalan twist. For some of these, I mean, well, for all of these, uh, by no means will I even flirt with giving away the twist because it really is sometimes the most enjoyable feature. Uh, I do want to note, though, for Sixth Sense, there is a wonderful quality the film has, that it is watchable both whether you know the, the twist or whether you don't know the twist. And I really do think that the film functions hmm. in two separate ways, and I'll refer to that in, in a little bit. Uh, this film is top tier, though. Uh, cinematic history... Uh, and, of course, skyrocketed M. Night's career. Uh, I, like I said, I've seen this film before, but I was honestly shocked how good this was, refer returning to it for a review. Um, you, this is getting a very strong recommendation from me. For both, again, kind of irrelevant of if you've never seen the film, if it's kind of been a, a godfather syndrome that you know it's good, but yep. you never got around to it. That's exactly right. Or, right. or were you expecting it to be one of the things of just like, all right, everybody says it's good. I'm sure it's relatively good, but not that good. Right. Like, right. is that kind of how you're approaching a little bit? Sure. Uh, and even, even knowing the twist, it was like, well, can I enjoy the film with knowing all the tricks what, in the back. Yeah, what's the rewatchability of this of this film? Yeah, exactly. So, and rewatchability is not something I normally give points for. Uh, Six Sense specifically, though, I'm giving a lot of points for because again, it works either way. The film has almost an amazing, a mind blowing, even dual function that the the film operates in two sp separate spaces, uh, whether you know it or whether you don't. Uh, the Sixth Sense, uh, let's get to a little bit of a summary here, um, is a supernatural drama around a deeply troubled, troubled child and his pediatric psychologist, played by Bruce Willis. We focus heavily on the child's life. Cole Sear, I believe the character's name is, and that's played by Haley Joel Osment. Mm -hmm. Or Osment or Osment? Osment. This was a real... Osment uh, or Osment? <laughs> this was a real uh, Mandela situation. <laughs> I always thought it was Osment. You would think so. No I think people just run by it. I mean, everyone says Frazier's name wrong, too. Sure, right. So right. it's just one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, this relationship or this focus on the child, uh, it is, uh, you know... It's focused on his relationship with his mother and how this sixth sense is affecting his development, how these supernatural visions are affecting his development. Most importantly, how this sixth sense is traumatically scarring the boy, leaving him eccentric, disassociated, and emotionally at arm's length with his own mother, played by Tony Collette. Mm -hmm. uh, both Haley Joel Osment and Tony Collette both receiving Oscar nominations for their role. Oddly enough, not Bruce. Uh, well, how did you like him? Uh, I thought they were fantastic. Okay, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, spo again, spoiler alert: in my own <laughs> <laughs> review, uh, Haley Joel Osment may challenge my 
all all perceived you know all no. of my judgments around kid actors i mean he's incredible no but you've seen enough kid acting to know <laughs> right it's, it's still bad. it's garbage it's, right but right. that even makes his performance that much better yes yes yeah. it really is an anomaly and uh, something else it uh, also makes you think why what happened to him yeah. really i, I know you know yeah. what i mean he's it's, in a lot of voice acting roles mm, and he has yes, a lot of credits yes. i guess he had like a stint teaching as well yeah yeah he did that's right which is like I remember doing research on him a while ago right, and right, yeah. finding that out. It's yeah. one of those, like, yeah, you, you get you get kind of curious with. Yeah, acting-wise, I think this is, uh, I mean, this is a powerhouse film. I mean, the acting in this film is fantastic, and all three main roles are knocks, uh, knockouts when it comes to what they're bringing to the role, how it switches things up. Again, regardless of whether you know this film or not, or if you watch this film or not, has layers mm-hmm. to it, to enjoyment for rewatchability. I would say this truly might be Bruce Willis's best role. I was really trying to think. <laughs> it was funny. It's, it's, it's really great that he's in here. It's almost like important that he's right. in this film <laughs> right. and has this performance, you know? Absolutely. It's like, oh, wait, no, no, no. He is a good actor. <laughs> right, right. It's not all diehard. It's not all, you know, uh, talking to himself in the in the right, vents right. and whatnot. So, uh, you know, he brings a unexpected kind and, and, and kind of gentleness. Uh, his reserve that he has is, is really impressive. He slips into this role and is just so believable in how he approaches child care, mm. you know? It, it's just very interesting. Um, as I've said... Haley Joel Osment is a wonderful exception to the kid actor rule and is flat out incredible. I mean, emotionally and line delivery, every single scene with him, I was fully invested, which I don't think has happened ever with a child actor. Stranger Things kids? Mm. Close. I mean, Stranger Things kids were really good. Yeah, but they did not, certainly didn't have the emotional beats of this film. Okay. You know? I mean, it's kind of right. on a well, different level. Yeah, okay, right. As far as investment, yeah, I, I think I think that could, that could fit in a similar category. This film was nominated for six Oscars without mm-hmm. a single win, and I think that probably the biggest miss is for Osmond. You know, uh, I, I think that's saying something from coming from me for a kid that's, actor. That's huge, actually. <laughs> right, right. Not, to, <laughs> not to glaze over a bombshell for the podcast, but uh, I mean, let the let the hype of this performance really speak for itself. Um, you know, when 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 you go to watch this, uh, and one of those nominations as well went to Tony Collect. You know, I, I enjoyed her motherhood here in 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 the role, and the realistic frustration that comes from just trying to understand her deeply troubled child uh if i would have a swap i'd probably swap the nomination for her with bruce willis but none of them won mm, anyway okay. so it's well know, that's it's true yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> also that's that's a fun year to look at 2000s uh, there's a lot of just like what were they thinking it's pretty wild i'm yeah. looking at it right now it's pretty wild yeah american beauty basically swept he didn't swept right sweet but it, it came close exactly um exactly. yeah it's uh... and then i was looking what Haley joel lost to it was Michael Caine, a Michael Caine film? I was just like, what? Yes, what Michael Caine, The Cider House Rules. Best yeah. actor was Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Hilary Swank won for Boys Don't Cry. It's just but like, jo- Angelina Jolie for Girl Interrupted beat Tony Collette. <laughs> right. It's just like, okay. I mean, 
I can't say. I, it was also interesting to me because none of those films I can say I really do, have seen. I was going to say, do, do we have American Beauty rated? No, I don't think so. I, would, I well, mean, I've, I've seen parts of it, but never watched it critically. So maybe that's on. We the should list have a Y2K that. special. <laughs> Hell yeah! <that's laughs> Just great. go through go through that two thousand. I love uh, that actually. <laughs> that, that's great. Uh, <laughs> but it was a knockout of the Oscars. I mean, it it was heavily nominated, yeah. and it shows. You know. Yeah. I mean, I can't really call it a snub because it was nominated across the board, but kind of crazy that uh, nothing kind of came through for it. Right, so. right. Beyond performances, though, uh, the supernatural elements are so dialed in, uh, and I really did love just the inclusion of this. The inclusion of, of ghosts were such a huge selling point for the film, mm-hmm. just like aliens were for signs, just how the monster is for the village. You know, it's it's part of almost Shyamalan's ele- elevator pitch. So, uh, you know, something about... How the ghosts are handled in this is what I want to point to for for my praise. It's it's how they're revealed in the shots. Um, the reveal of the ghosts is handled so tastefully, and I think maybe that's the fine balancing act of, you know, this is a PG thirteen kind of horror suspense family drama. It's it's a lot of things mm-hmm. like his films are, but the ghosts specifically are just handled so exceedingly well that even basically. You know, 24 years later, yeah. it's still good to watch. Oh, it's not yeah. just like, oh my gosh, would you look at this? Right, yeah, right. absolutely. Where with something like the village, they was like, oh boy, how how did he how did he forget how to <laughs> how to film something here? You know, it's yeah, it's it's really interesting how that 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 flip flops throughout his career. So, uh, full props goes to the cinematographer. Uh, bear with me here, yep. Tak Fujimoto. Yes, there we go. <laughs> and they'll work together a lot too. Oh, really? It's another thing I noticed throughout his 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 patterns. I feel like he went through kind of three renaissance periods yes in my, in my opinion or three eras absolutely yeah three eras i should say yeah. yeah yeah and here he has a pretty he ha- his producers his cinematographer his yeah. music stays the same with him sure film editing mixes it up a little bit but there's consistency until there's not and i yeah. don't think it, it it's it's where everything changes for him. you know what <laughs> right, i mean it, right. it, it's weird it's kind of weird absolutely i'll definitely get into some hot takes of what i think happens with it but um, yeah you know it's it's, it's just, not right here in six cents right, so right. which is good <laughs> uh, <laughs> Also, as far as shot locations go, uh, Philadelphia is gorgeous and haunting. Um, like, where in Philly is this? Is this movie? <laughs> like, I want to move there. But I think uh, why this is a praise and a note where I'm not really noting PA in, in, in the other films that we're going to be talking about. I think it's a good match of setting and concept. You know, the elements of an old city equaling many ghosts is, an, is hmm. okay. again, it's, it's one of those moments like a Fargo where... The setting is playing a role it's in the story. Playing a much character. More. Yeah. I would make that argument for signs as well. Sure. But sure. but yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, I want I want to give it solid credit for just how much of a, a solid match it is. A really, really flawless match. I'll end with saying this. The the twist here is legendary and kind of spawned the whole thing mm-hmm. for Shyamalan. I legitimately feel that this warrants a full second watch. And uh, like I said, I'm giving some serious points for rewatchability, which is not really something I per se grade on or anything like that. No, no. Only when it's really done expertly. And I think Sixth Sense uh, is almost the only one to really warrant that. I can't explain how truly mind-blowing the film is in how it functions in both spheres. It is a there is equal enjoyment watching this film one way and watching this film again another way. I think uh, that 
as an echo of Shyamalan's career, he shot himself in the foot out of the gate. You know, he made such really? a fine-tuned, well-woven-together <laughs> film that I feel like... You should have just dropped it there. Yeah, <laughs> should have done a little worse. <laughs> setting the bar too high, you know? Under, uh, what is That's it? funny. Uh, uh, under promise, over deliver. You know, <laughs> that, that's what. That's funny. Wow, yeah. because yeah, he, it was lightning in a bottle. He's not a one hit wonder, though. Sure, no, he's definitely no. not a one hit wonder. No, but but uh, he was coming out swinging. Yeah, I mean, it's the sixth sense. He really was. <laughs> so, uh, and that's what was echoing in my head all throughout the week is that if you haven't seen it, watch it, and if you have seen it, watch it. We're gonna go ahead and give the sixth sense an eighty-five. Woo! Um. Boy. Big boy. Big boy alert. <laughs> You're keeping it from me. You're keeping it from me. Wow. I was yeah. thinking, is he going to do an 83? What's he going to do here? Oh, no. It, it absolutely wow. tracks Wow. Up. Absolutely. I, I mean, and, and like exciting. I said, on so many levels, acting, concept, yeah. you know, electricity of the film, rewatch, you know, I mean, on so many levels it earns Wow. It. Absolutely. I'm pumped about that. 85%. Okay. <laughs> Added to the must watch list on the website. Yep. Yep. Okay. This is a good start. This is nowhere to go but up, I'm We're sure. We're populating that page. <laughs> okay. 85% for the six cents. Quick note on, again, hour and 47. Yeah. I'm shocked that was. Uh, just surprised that these weren't over two hours, especially this in signs. Sure. It must have felt good, too. The pacing must have worked. I think so. Uh, pacing only really came up with one film, but uh, yeah, no, I mean. Well, good. I, if you're not noticing it, then yeah, it's done well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's right on the money. Okay, so we're going to jump. This is three years later. This is 2002. I know this was such a big... Another surprise with this is that it didn't get the the raving critical appraise that I thought sure. it did. Right. But growing up, I just think because we were so close to where this was shot in Bucks or Berks County. Yeah, yeah. So it's a county over from us. And I think yeah. that's it was just a bigger deal for us. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a bigger deal for everyone, like mm. in the country. This is Signs, Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, 2002. Again, PG-13. It's now an hour and 46 minutes again. Mm -hmm. And how do, what's our setup here? How does M. Night deliver? <laughs> M. Night, uh, I mean, it has almost impossible shoes to fill. And that, that's where, like, you know, he's, he's, he set the bar just too damn high with, <laughs> with six cents. <laughs> Tom, I'll tell you what. The opening sequence is the most suspenseful thing I've ever experienced. There's straight up jump scares in, in the opening title sequence. I've seen this in forever. <laughs> it's and this was a TV watch for me a while oh, ago. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. But just like the opening titles of like going through all the actors and and the credits here, there's just like jump scares. It's just <laughs> what is this? What is, the film I don't think is as scary even as the title sequence. So yeah, just a uh, you know uh, an interesting note. Jokes aside, Signs is a huge film for a lot of reasons. It was the last big film for Mel Gibson before he went in timeout. Uh, really? And, oh, yeah. I thought he went in timeout in 2006. Right, but he doesn't really star in anything. Uh, wow. This is his so last like, big one, I would so say. So 2001 was The Patriot, I yep. believe. I think 2000 or 2001. Okay, yep. and then Signs 02. Yep, and then... What Women Want, I think, was the 90s, correct? Yeah, I think so. Okay, he, wow. Uh, yeah, maybe, actually, I, I might have glazed over like a rom-com he was in that probably had some success, but yeah. But otherwise, this is... This like is you know, as yeah, far yeah, yeah. as big films we're talking about. And he was talked about for this one, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he still has the same team like we talked about. Mm -hmm. He's got the same music. He's got this, he says he's got Tack again as mm -hmm. cinematographer. So he's definitely trying to keep, keep along some of that magic sauce that he had. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can see right in the marketing, M. Night was 
so hyped around. Uh, the marketing specifically ignores Unbreakable as well, which legitimately comes in between these two as as M Night's return to horror. You know, it's, right, it's, right. It's really was 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 super hyped, and honestly, that's a that's a thread in all of these films that we're covering. The hype, yeah, around M Night just being a name. Yeah. And working with some sort of mysterious type of premise. Yeah, I think it helps. If you're the guy who's so known for having a twist, yeah. I, that helps you, you with like, well, what's it going to be this time? Yeah. And I think, you know, it runs dry after a little while. <laughs> right. But anyway, back to signs. Mel, O2. <laughs> it's great. This cast is great. It's a good cast. It's a good I mean, cast. You've got... It's Mel's show, though, 100%. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like even Joaquin, granted, earlier in his career, mm-hmm. everyone really does take a backseat to Mel. Okay. Um, and in a good way. He's he's really good in this. He brings a lot of emotion. He's a great actor. He's probably emotional from drinking so much. You know? <laughs> he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, but no, we have really a, young, a young Abigail Breslin. Uh, Breslin. We have Rory Culkin, yep. Macaulay Culkin's brother. Mm-hmm. So, cool cast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, signs, uh, a title with many meanings. Of course, this refers to the iconic crop circles preceding aliens, but also signifies the themes juggled within the film, such as conspiracy breadcrumbs and a scramble for greater meaning through faith. Uh, these signs build paranoia that bo- boils over into a real deal alien presence that tests the strength of one family to stay together. Heading up the family is Mel Gibson, playing a widowed reverend. Uh, that um, is kind of steeped in denial. He's really in a crisis of faith, which is a kind of an interesting character nugget uh, to cast among the sci-fi premise of crop circles and yada yada. Yeah. And though we have many actors, like I said, it is Mel's show. He is able to just steal every scene away. I mean, <laughs> I, th- I thought Joaquin had a bigger presence. He does. He does. I okay, mean, he has right. some solo time. Mel steals it though. Okay. Uh, he, he, he wasn't letting anyone have it, <laughs> but in a good way. He really is phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I would definitely clock this in his, um, his good serious roles like a Patriot. Braveheart. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. The Beaver. <laughs> I've never seen the beaver, so that, that's, we'll do a Mel special. We're coming up with all the special ideas. Uh, what's odd is that there is quite a few comedic moments among this. Um, a good example is Joaquin goes to an army recruiter at some point, and like the whole scene is just really like it's funny, but it's like I don't know. It feels it's awkward, a bit out of place. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit awkward, a bit out of place, and uh, a lot is I think just driven by the family focus of the story. Um, you know, something I found to be out of place for how emotionally heavy some of these plot elements are. But I guess with this family focus, you kind of get a blend of some things that are cute tongue-in-cheek, you know, stuff like that. My hot take with M. Night's writing is he is exactly like George Lucas. You know, sometimes his work is perfect. Sometimes it's lightning in the bottle. But as time goes on, it sours. Mm. Uh, His own writing is on great, you know, this five, his own writing is on great display across all, definitely the first four as well. Yeah. Man, let me tell you, he is his own worst enemy, just how George Lucas is his own worst enemy. Wow. You can see almost like James Cameron, too, but James Cameron was never actually that good (laughs) at writing. Right, right, right. He's just Uh, frozen in time. That kind of surprises me. And it should note for, like, he's writing, he's the only writer here for the past two films that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, one of those massive changes he goes, I think, in the future, Mm -hmm. and another, I think, might be in his third wave, I want to say, when more screenplay writers come in and everything like that. Kind of split and beyond, would you say? Something like that, I yeah, think, yeah. yeah. 
But uh, no, he is writing this completely. Is it because he doesn't change it up and it sours? Or like he went for something different here in Signs and the writing just does not hold a candle to Sixth Sense? Or what, what is it exactly? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's just, um, he, he likes unique and, and awkward scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that plays perfectly. Sometimes the comedy even hits even better. Right. I just think more and more, and maybe not for Signs specifically, but more and more that sours as okay, a... I as gotcha. a uh, uh, you know, his own writing is what is the core problem in a lot of the films that we'll get <laughs> okay, to. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> um, you know, almost to the point that like nothing else is even a problem. <laughs> uh, and it's and again, I, I I personally maybe it's not the you know maybe it's not a revelation or anything like that. I personally, the light bulb for me this week was that um, he really feels like a George Lucas. That it's that's just that's like interesting. Very interesting. Him writing and directing is just like. Listen, you've had your time, man. Maybe pass the buck on one of them because the directing is always very good. Well, the funny thing is he does later. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see actually how as we cover more and more of him, yeah. we'll see how that writing improves when he gets more people on board. Exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, like I said, it's an hour and 46. So how does it feel and how does it pace itself out a little bit? A very snappy. And I was fully engaged with... Mel Gibson's incredible performance. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of emotion here that he brings. Yeah. Um, because again, his character outside of the main plot beats is really going through his own crisis. So I think it's um, it's Mel's show not only because he steals the scenes, it's Mel's show because his own character story arc kind of overrides a little bit of what the film is about sometimes. Okay. Especially as we get closer to the conclusion where... You're looking for answers around, if you will, the Shyamalan mystery. You're focused on the signs. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you're you're on, seriously, yeah, you're focused right. on the signs. Exactly. And the film, true, or I should say the story, is focused on, on Mel's on character. Mel. Okay. So this movie has a interesting theme of following the details too closely. Denial quickly spirals to believing every tinfoil hat conspiracy and as long as it means survival basically but the sci-fi elements are easily the weakest part about i think this story the film is much more interested in this family emotional side Mm. and i liked that i thought that was played well absolutely okay it's just that it's more about that than the literal crop (laughs) circles out in the yard you know what i mean and obviously a good story is multiple things you know it's 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 if anything taking a premise like that and making it human so i think it's good it's just that the sci-fi nerd in me that was maybe excited to watch a sci-fi movie Mm -hmm. it really isn't that and that's where i say it's kind of this this kind of family drama mystery is and and honestly a lot of what he does fits in that big time same three kind of beat yes big time yeah 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 honestly i would say sometimes it makes the stakes a little unsatisfying uh, I would say straight up some of the you know extraterrestrial elements are a little underwhelming in both design and how they're used in the story. I hate to say, actually, Signs was the first of two times this week that I actually felt really just bored with the movie. Really? Yeah, and it's you but, know I don't I don't just sling around bored. No, too often. no, but that's that's weird. You also said it was paced well. But it's just the yeah. fact of what we're dealing with is just like you just weren't excited. Uh, yeah, I, I I just wasn't. W- was it because? All you want to do is get down to the nitty gritty of the aliens, show us more, freak right. us out, right. have that more suspense thriller yep. rather than family drama. Exactly. And the family drama was very good, but... Not to mention that you're in, again, you're in Bucks County or Berks County, Pennsylvania <laughs> on a farm. 
too. Right. There's not a lot of razzle dazzle going on. Right. There yeah. isn't a lot of razzle dazzle. <laughs> You're not seeing the stars at night. Right. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, but it is, yeah. I, I, I had to make a note of it because it did happen two times this week, and I wanted to make a note of it because signs was not the one 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 of them that I expected yeah. any kind of factor like that. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, but I think uh, this is a very well made film. Uh, with pretty so- solid performances all around, but again, a very good performance from Mel Gibson. While I really don't care for some of the story itself, uh, there's no denying that M. Night is able to craft a suspenseful film, and the way that it unfolds is 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 right on point for his golden era. Um, it takes a more E.T. approach to sci-fi, and if anything, juggles a lot of drama in that, but the family focus kind of skews the story and conclusion away from why we are primarily watching the film, and that's the aliens. We're going to go ahead and give Signs from 2002 a 65. Ooh, 60, definitely lower than I thought. Really? Yeah, I just I just thought this was going to be 70s all the way. But sure. I, again, that was just my expectation or my thought that this movie was bigger and better than I thought. Right, the legend. And across the board, it's way lower um, right. on, on everybody's radar than I thought. That Every, was also fascinating because looking online, yeah, I mean, like a Metacritic or something, he's very low across the it, board. People are not impressed. Yeah. I mean, Sixth Sense, yes, but I thought even Sixth Sense was a little bit higher yeah, on things. Exactly. The one time I thought Rotten Tomatoes would be a little bit higher was this. but <laughs> The one time, right. <laughs> but okay, so 65 for signs. Wow. So maybe watch it for the, for the performances. You yeah, don't stay it, for the sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think if Mel Gibson... Regardless of controversy, right. is one of your favorite actors. I think this is a must-watch. You know, what I mean, beyond Mel, mm, well, M Night too. Oh, would you right. say? Of course, absolutely. Because okay. this is definitely within his iconic stage. Now, it also should be said that this was supposed to be. You purposely kind of okay. Let's do too bad and too good. <laughs> right. This was the too good. Yes. Yes. And, and that, we, that was the focus on the, the too good. But okay. All right. So. He's kind of keeping with... Okay, this next one, it's 2004. It's Mm. two years after Signs. This is called The Village. Again, set in Pennsylvania. He still has his same music. So if we could touch on music by James Newton Howard. Oh, sure. Because he just continues to stay with him. But Mm. cinematographer this time is not... He upgrades... To our boy, Roger Deakins. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, which is a huge thing. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, my boy's on the lens. I, I mean, I love Deakins to and death. again, you look at the cast with Sigourney Weaver, William Hurt, Joaquin Phoenix, Bryce Dallas. Crazy cast It is one. such a good cast. Yeah. Once again, uh, it is just him solely writing. But again, he's got, he's got a great film editor. He's got his music guy yeah. still. And he's got Roger Deakins in there. So the sauce that he likes to work with behind the scenes, mm. it's all there for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but how does the village unravel? How is it? And how is the writing also? Sure, sure. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's going right to be on the big, yeah. so, Someone's got to soil that sauce. <laughs> you know. uh, but uh, yeah, the village uh, upon release received a lot of flack for its twist at the time. Uh, from what I can tell people at the time were upset that it was kind of underwhelming but has enough time passed for fresh eyes and that's kind of was my question okay into this you know does all of his films have to boil down to is the twist good or not um what are your thoughts on that it's a dangerous thing to be i think that's totally how people look at him yeah now. yeah and I think it's a dangerous spot to be in. And mm-hmm. you're typecasting your own self as a director. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know if he likes it or feels like he needs to. Sure. It's all about Pennsylvania. This, again, family, drama, drama right. thr- thriller, mystery. He's almost burdened it, it, by the expectation so of the, it. Right. So the question is, 
I don't I don't know how you would continue to rise up with what you do. I don't know how your movies are supposed to get better. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't you set that bar too high. I don't really know. But yeah, and it's sticking with the same thing. So yep. like as you said, of course people are going to be underwhelmed. Yeah. Because it would, you know, they're expecting so much. Right. You come they're out expecting with a, you have signs before that. You have the sixth sense, yeah. right? It's like okay, well, what else this guy has? Yeah, yeah. And it's like oh okay, all right. How can you get better than the sixth sense, kind of? <laughs> right. So it's tough. I think it's a very difficult thing that he tries to do. I think that also is kind of why he kind of rebrands a little bit. Yeah, somewhat, yeah absolutely. Somewhat. Some, you know, some there are through lines. Rebrands from making bad movies. That's <laughs> what he does. Uh, but that's what I think about that. I think it's dangerous. I think it's typecasting himself as a director. Yeah. And I think it's shooting himself in the foot because it's almost a losing battle. I don't know who else you can compare him with. That does it successfully. Mm, it's a very good you know point what I mean? you make. Yeah. It's like ACDC doesn't get any better with time. <laughs> you know? He's the ACDC of directors. <laughs> that's, 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 the long, that's the hot take. <laughs> it's the same drum beat. And just <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, so it, it's interesting that you say I have to fresh eyes because now that we've been through so many Shyamalan films, yeah. because he's, he's mixed it up in a couple different courses mm-hmm. in, in his career, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it might be, it was nice to return to this. Yeah. Because it's not coming out and it's like, Sitting back and saying, "Oh, let's see what this guy has now for sure. us." This is like, what did he have for us? Right on this one. Yeah, kind of. where and, does this fit in the puzzle? Yes, exactly. Know? Yeah. And, so uh, again, PG thirteen. Yep. And it's an hour and forty eight. Yeah, breezy. So how does it end up though? <laughs> uh, over, a overwhelming, okay. you know. <laughs> uh, I, I really, I mean, and if anything, compounding with a lot of the confusing scores online yeah uh, like i don't know if he just got review bombed out of nowhere like when did where did the people that like his movies go right. basically online so the reviews for this were not really good right right it did it was nominated for one oscar signs was nominated for zero oscars really mm-hmm. uh, this was for music i mean it, it's a it was nominated for best achievement in music written for motion pictures <laughs> Uh, but original. I will sco- say, listening back, this it's, was just a nice. It's original one. score by his boy James Newton Howard. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's definitely attached at the hip. I mean, a massive cast: Joaquin again, William Hurt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Brendan Gleeson, uh, Adrian Brody, Sigourney Weaver, and even Jesse Eisenberg as an extra. Yes, I oh mean, not God. that I, I, I hate Eisenberg honestly, <laughs> but uh, I mean, wow. Uh, and I mean, listen, that resounding eh. Uh, I mean, believe me. You put Roger Deakins behind any project, and I'm going to be in disposition to like it. Yeah, so, so true. Uh, I think, uh, not that uh, not that I'm skewing my rating on it here, but I, I, I was tuned in more to what was going on visually. And I think there's a lot of good visual design on the film. Uh, the Village is about an old-timey Amish-style village, closed off from any society. Uh, we follow a very simple life, uh, but strict life, focused on two groups, uh, the Council of Elders that kind of determines the social norms, and the younger generation that has to be raised in those norms, but also kind of represent those as well. There is little resistance and little desire to leave, however, uh, because in this fantasy setup, monsters look, lurk beyond the boundaries of the village, and that's basically our setup there. Uh, right off the bat, uh, the dialogue is insane. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it is a nightmare, Tom. <laughs> no joke. It feels like everyone is Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Uh, they like they talk in these branching <laughs> psychotic monologues, and it's like no one, <laughs> no one sounds like this. I mean, this is where almost it, it really clicked 
as far as the George Lucas comparison, yeah. because again, I mean, you look at the prequels with Lucas, it's just like no one sounds like So do you this. think it's a thing of he's trying way too hard? If it's like, okay, if you have an isolated town, they're going to have their own <laughs> dialect, their own right. way of talking, and it's right. just like, you just did a bad job. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's way up in his head about so this. Just make it more Pennsylvania Dutch. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> or something. Right, right. For sure there's some PA Dutch slang that he can throw in there. No one's going to know what he's talking about. But uh, it really, I mean, no joke, it reminded me of American Psycho and not in a good way (laughs) because every character just sounds uh, just off their rocker. Like how how conversations and 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 not even monologues, but how just normal lines of dialogue branch and go in. It's it's, it's just not it's really not good. Yeah, it's wild. Now, I will say I I think there is a slight pass because as you kind of picked up, Mm -hmm. Tom, it's. You know, it's clearly him trying to create a dialect, a setting that feels fantasy. You know, he's kind of trying to. He's sell going for the something. Idea. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to sell the idea of how these, you know, ha- ha- this village may look like, and you know, just an Amish village or something like that. It, it has to sell a different feel, and and that's we get that through the dialogue. But uh, I mean, it is. Um, <laughs> it is only partly an excuse. Uh, M Night's dialing, uh, M Night's writing is dialed up to eleven here. Like I mentioned in the last film, it is the same writing that sours to his mid to late career, uh, and I think it's critical to understand that it's also the same writing that made his early career so good. It's it's a yeah, real yeah. it's a real anomaly. So. Because uh, he's clearly trying exciting things, and early on in his career, right. those right, yeah. exciting things are novel and and exciting. Uh, it's a fine, yeah, it's a fine idea. It's just poor at executing. <laughs> right. you know, I mean, he can he can he was really good at those films that he was good right. in. You know what I mean? Exactly. When it compares to a someone we look at like a Tarantino or mm-hmm. like a Nolan. Yeah, those guys can write. Right, those guys can just write and <laughs> exactly. direct their films and do both. Keep yeah. it fresh. Keep it weird. Keep yeah. it good. A for effort. I like the fact if you have an isolated town, I'm going to play with the language a little yeah, bit. Hey, yeah. what is it going to go with? But if you're sitting it's there being fantasy? like, what the hell is this? Yeah, oh, it's a different story. It's you know? wild. It's wild. The genres of this film are also a little all over the place. I would say I would call this a fantasy romance, um, unlike maybe really? some of the IMBD tags. Fantasy romance. Wow. Be, okay. Yeah. I got to change it. Got to go in the back end and change that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was expecting something else. <laughs> well, you did drama, mystery, thriller. That's yeah. what you're expecting, basically. I mean, it is all those things, but uh, I mean, it's a romance, most of all. Okay. Um, which is which is you know totally fine. He's tackling something new. Most of the plot movements uh, are around Joaquin and Bryce's blossoming relationship. Uh, and it's all very romantic, both in subject, but also the lack of logic to the film. <laughs> it's very kind of like, and this was the best feel-good option, and that's what we're going okay. with. Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, I would say, is not great at acting. I hate to say it. Yeah, I mean, I've no, sat just, through a lot of, a lot of a lot Jurassic of, Park <laughs> or Jurassic World uh, <laughs> to come to that conclusion. But uh, in this one specifically, the acting under... Normal circumstances isn't bad. She's now trying to do mm. this blind acting. The character is partially blind. She sees outlines of characters' auras, but only certain characters' auras. <laughs> and it is just... I mean, I, I was having a real hard time on this one. I mean, it is a blind girl 
how she is doing half the things she does is is uncomprehendable, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 is, it is outrageous. This kind of hits on the same problem I had with uh, a movie called Bird Box. You remember Bird Box? Of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. yeah big Netflix push. Absolutely. Uh, that it's it's... The blind navigation. I got no problem if you want to make your character blind. It's the navigation and the effortlessness of navigation uh, blind that I have a problem with. There's just a, 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 a such a lack of believability. Right. You I, want to step into a hole. Right. Hit, hit a desk or something like that. <laughs> hit a desk. Throw a couple, couple obstacles in there. You know what I mean? Um, and, and again, you know, they... they they put her in. I mean, the film is is. I have no problem with her being basically our our, our main lead among the many many roles here. Um, but the things that they put her in, they put her in action sequences. And it's just like, <laughs> all right, I'm fine with that. Don't make her blind. You know, it's not right, even a matter of preference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you want to have her blind as for sympathy or or really whatever it is. Yeah, you want to have her blind. And yet, when it comes to moving the plot along, the blind gets pushed to the back burner. I don't think that's good writing. You know, I think I think no. that's ignoring the stakes that you set up for the character and cheapening the whole experience. You know. Yep, definitely. So um, that's that's where you know what I mean. It, it, it's tough uh, because I like how the main problem with if you had to do like a like a uh, quick Roger Ebert synopsis or like a quick <laughs> little thing, your biggest bugaboo would be. Blind navigation. <laughs> blind nav- <laughs> I got absolutely. a real issue with the blind navigation on this film. <laughs> I mean, they, they put her on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they send her. And boy, is it like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, why? Why are we doing this? So, so. Uh, so as far as romance set aside, where does mm-hmm. our thrilling, where does our mystery come in? Is it is it captivating you at all? Is it drawing you in? Is it getting you on the edge of your seat at all? I think so. Um, I think it's 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 captivating in the sense that you definitely want to unpack the mystery. You definitely okay. want to unpack why everyone sounds like a weirdo as sure. well. You know what I mean? There's Is the town creepy? Is it like, do you get eerie vibes of like this weird, secluded, self-secluded town? It, I don't know if it's creepy. Like that it itself is, would have like... It is dreadful in the sense that you feel helpless, yeah. which I think is a good thing that he conjures in a lot of films, yeah. honestly. There's a helplessness that the village is, you know, there's, they're not calling the police, they're not doing anything you like that. You feel stuck there. Exactly. You are stuck here. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's that's um, mustered in the film because of a lot of good color design. Boy Raj. I, that's my boy Raj. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to give credit to M. Night as well, because yeah, clearly sure. that's in the concept stage of... You know, uh, what little cues he's creating. Um, I mean, if we had a spoiler podcast, it would be, I mean, that would that would almost consume the talk of Sixth Sense as well, the little breadcrumbs he leaves. Right, uh, right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think where this film works is all in concept. Uh, it's just that it's a shame that it people sound ridiculous <laughs> and it kind of once again you know just focuses on things that make me turn my brain off <laughs> so I, I i'll say this uh the twist here is not bad um and especially i bring that up in the sense that you know the main criticism of this film coming it's out black was, for yeah, it. yeah it was all about the bad twist uh, i honestly kind of like it and i think there are good breadcrumbs left to pick up if you're paying attention closely but uh, an aspect of the twist is just revealed 
a touch, touch too early. Mm. So much so that it saps the third act of really any tension. Like it kills the tension at the last bit of the movie just because we know what it is. Right, I mean, right. And, and, and it's a shame because that layering, oh man, it's, it's, I mean, the ending is paramount, especially if the film is going to be about the twist. Right. The ending has to bring it home. And I don't think it's a problem with the twist itself. I can't stress that. It's just when is it layered in the story? And how it is, how it's layered in the story, that last act is just like, I, you know, you could turn your brain off. Combination with the, <laughs> the, <laughs> with the blind, with the yeah, <laughs> with the blind navigation and, and, and this being, you know, the, the goat is given up too early. It's, it's just a little bit too much. So in that way, I sadly agree with the hate this got um the twist itself not being the problem but specifically when it's layered i gotta say though reflecting on this film i did not think it was overtly bad if that's wasn't trash yeah it wasn't trash i was really try. i was really tested with where i wanted to put this and this again like you said this is one of them that uh you know, they it was one of the bad. You know yes, I mean? yeah, it was yeah. In the design for one of the bad. Yeah. But I think not that it's a crazy score or anything like that. But I think I I really do fall in the middle that there's a lot of good here, a lot of well intentioned things with the film, but ultimately is going to depend on the viewer to if they can turn their brain off or if they're even bothered by certain things. Right. Sure. Yeah. That. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and give the village a fifty four. Okay, fifty-four. Yeah, not. I mean, not the sliding in the poles. <laughs> yeah, we're sliding, all right. That's it's that thing with when you're in the fifties like this. It's yeah, you know, it can represent yeah. a lot of different problems. <clears throat> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Overall, it's fine. Yeah. Others might like it a little bit worse. Others yeah. might like it a little bit better. But for the most part, it's kind of a yeah meh film. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Okay. 54 for The Village. I would, yeah, we're above 50% though. Yeah. I didn't know how you were going to rate this one. I was doing some I, research I, on it and I was a little, because again, like you said, the concept is there. Yeah. The concept is there as long as it, and, and you're engaged. Lost in the, yeah. You know, even, especially if, if, if the, the dialogue doesn't bother you, you're very right, much right. engaged. Yeah. It may, it may be all my, all my critiques of the film doesn't equal a 54, but they're, there are many things that the film does, and, and some are well, and some are good, and some are not. Some are not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some, some, some are real, real crazy. So that's our three of his earlier kind of films, yep. okay? And again, that one was supposed to be his second bad one that we covered. Sure. Our next one is uh, the next oh, yeah. bad one, number two. Yep. But I would say he does some films in between 2004 and 2008, yep. okay? Mm-hmm. So this is The Happening. It came out in 08, and yeah. I would say, would you say this is second phase M. Night? Uh, yeah, I feel like this leading into Last Airbender, leading into After Earth, that's okay. all second phase bad M. Night. He, yeah, uh, he, he, changes, he changes some things up. It's even like different production and everything like mm. that. He still had Tack is back at cinematography. His music is still done by James Newton Howard. Wow. Like that is his boy for He's got sure. His crew. Mm, big time, big time. I wonder they're, if they're from PA. Uh, he is, <laughs> uh, and he is the sole writer still. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel like this is just a little bit different. I def- <laughs> it's something. You can say that again. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're ju- we're still in we're still in Pennsylvania. Yeah, not, yeah, not the whole movie. Not yeah. There's there's a lot more of a global type of uh, perspective too. Right, still yeah. a big cast because you got Mark Wahlberg. You have 2008 Zoe Deschanel, <laughs> yeah. uh, John Louis Guzamo. Yep. Kind of, what do we get with this premise? 
this was the least one that was on my radar. <laughs> really? Really? Mm-hmm. I remember kind of going back into it. I remember seeing some of the commercials for it when it was mm-hmm. coming out. Uh, but this is always synonymous with kind of second-tier Shyamalan, in, yeah. in my oh, opinion. Yeah, right? for sure, for sure. So what do we get with The Happening? Yeah, so the, the Happening, I think, is almost universally known as a so-bad-it's-good movie. Oh. Uh, a stamp that was given to it almost immediately and was one of the first that kind of landed on my radar of the concept in, at, at all, that there's a so bad or kind of a guilty pleasure type of watch. I did not know that about this movie. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, this movie also doesn't have a huge budget. It's only about like $48 million, I think, Oh, my so did, did great. Thank you for bringing that sure, up. I, was, sure. I actually had a note about it, and I forgot to. Mm-hmm. Wildly successful, even all the way up to the village. Yep. His budgets are around 40 to $60 million. Yep. And does so good, like phenomenal box yeah, office. Success. Big returns. Big yeah, returns. I mean, we're talking over three hundred million worldwide. Yeah, I think I think maybe even um, the Sixth Sense might have been a little bit more, but it doubling, tripling, quadrupling. Right, like his numbers. Yeah, really, really good maybe stuff. He just likes money, and hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's why know. he's producing every two years. You know, <laughs> I, it is weird. I think I think his routine is I write for a year. Yeah, I do, we do one year of filming and production. Sure, and then yeah, boom, and it's, it's just a cycle. It's yeah. just a cycle. Yeah, but it he really is kind of in that forty to sixty million yeah. dollar budget, and he still makes even his bad movies make money still. Right, right. But anyway, yes, lower budget to happening still. It's not uh, like it's not like he's getting bigger and his budgets are going from 40 to 150 million <laughs> right, he stays right. in, he's in the pocket he, right if you could say one thing about m night is he stays in his pocket he stays he's the keystone yeah you know <laughs> he, fits, he fits right where he needs to be uh but uh, with this 48 million i think my note for it is that it, it's not large for a movie i feel like it's large for a so bad it's good type of movie you know what i mean this is a high mm, budget okay. film for something that a lot of people consider trash and, and almost immediately was considered trash upon release. So, <laughs> A special note I would make here is that this is his first rated R film and that uh, will, yes. has only been followed up with the latest Knock at the Cabin. Yeah. So um, I have notes on that for Knock at the Cabin. I have notes on that for here. Uh, I don't know. I think it's actually, again, once again, challenging my preconceptions <laughs> coming to this week uh, I thought these were going to be a highlight that they're rated R and I think it's actually a detriment keep them in PG-13 wow uh, it's it's yeah stay in your lane stay in the pocket I know, and I, I, always, I always stay in the say, pocket keep it R rated you know what I mean do whatever that's you very want you. Yeah, yeah yeah but for him he's very good at he keeps the language down and he keeps blood and gore down yes you know what I mean yes. it is all about that suspense and thriller for the most right. part yeah yeah but anyway so what are we getting here what's our suspense what's our thriller sure. what's our story kind of uh, the happening is it a terrorist attack is it a virus? Uh, who knows why one windy day people just start killing themselves en masse. The happening is very shocking in that uh, pretty much in a invisible, uncounterable way, populations of the Northeast are basically just starting to kill themselves and commit suicide in, in mass quantities. This R rating is earned very quickly in this film okay. because of the intensity uh, of the if you will, the created and creative and messed up ways that he kind of explores this idea. And I got to say the film as a horror, as conjuring dread, once again, not the problem. He's able to conjure dread with the best of them. Right. This is a really, really horrific movie. When you look at just kind of the, if you will, the scenes that give us the juice, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. The scenes that are giving I, us, you know, what we want, you know, out of the premise. Again, I don't hate the premise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's pretty dynamite, uh, basically an apocalyptic mystery horror with an invisible cause and a grim, inescapable fate. Uh, In concept, the happening, I think, is just as strong as M. Night's earlier projects, but inserted along is a love story that gives us our... Two mm. terrible main performances. <laughs> <laughs> it's before Mark got good. <laughs> right. With that, well, with, except for the Boogie Nights, of course. But sure, yeah. right, right. Yeah. He's, he has his own And journey. The Departed. Right. The issue with this film, and it has been said to death, uh, is the combination of <laughs> acting, editing, and script that makes the mm. whole affair feel unusually and vastly inappropriately like a comedy. It is as soured <laughs> as you can get and as inappropriate as you can get in the, the grimmest his movies have ever been. Okay. It, That's where it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, this has to be part of Mark, Mark Wahlberg delivering lines, right? Oh, yeah. That's where it's, it's, it's like, a... Is he just solely from Uncharted, basically? <laughs> it's got to be like Oh, this. no. So much worse. Okay. <laughs> so much worse. It, it, it really is an unholy trinity of acting, editing, and script. That, that is what is what makes this movie as bad as it is. Because you could be looking at this, and even from the description... I, you know, I can find things to praise about this film. Sure. It's w- how colossally bad and those aspects kind of bring the, the whole execution thing down. is. Yeah. 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 Uh, Zoe Deschanel is a big contributor to this train wreck in tone. Uh, her line delivery is, I would say, distinctly unenthusiastic. <laughs> It's like they took her most tired, end of the day, washed out take, and there was like, so, yeah, that's the whole reel for her. Okay, so she's just melodramatic. She's a little bit just meh. She's just not even, it feels like there's a better take, uh, one take away. You know, every scene that she's in, it's just like, I mean, is she trying? Is she tired today? I don't, I, I really don't know. Okay. Uh, it, uh, I was talking about this with someone that they said, well, that's just Zoe Deschanel. I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't really have like experience beyond like maybe Yes Man or something with Zoe Deschanel, so I don't know if you know this this kind of horror was you know has she done another horror? I don't know. Yeah, I mean uh, she's a new girl, right? Right, it's all new. New girl, girl and Elf. <laughs> right. She's like twenty one in Elf. Right, right. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. So she's not not too um, not too magnetic. Uh, no, no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Almost that I can say without a doubt. Uh, every scene that she's in, I know there's a better there's so a better scene. Flat. Out so of she's her. just like, flat. She's yeah. just flat. We needed a Kubrick directing this and saying, no, no, we're doing this like forty sometimes. Maybe she knew it was going to be shit. Maybe yeah. she knew the movie was just bad. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> there's certainly there's. I, I I really wonder the writing on the wall on this one. Uh, Marky Mark uh, is actually kind of charming in this. Uh, believe it or not, okay, it's right. kind of an interesting role for him. You know, he's playing a high school science teacher. And even in interviews, um, Wahlberg says, like, hey, I'm at least happy I did something different uh, instead oh, yeah. of just another, okay. you know. Um, Especially for this time in his career, too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of respect that. And, and again, he is charming in sequences. Uh, it's more so shot in the foot by writing. Don't get me wrong. All of his scenes are unintentionally funny because of his line delivery. Yeah. But you have to understand that these eccentric qualities, these... Odd comedic 
moments. They are contrasted with the darkest, grimmest mass suicides possible. (laughs) And it's just like, tonal whiplash does not even begin to describe this (laughs) It's taking you for a ride. Uh, It it, it, it takes you for the craziest ride possible. (laughs) We have... Again, this this unintentional comedy from performances, actual comedy in the writing, and then yeah. the edits to the cuts. It's just sometimes it's like, what is going on with really? this? Really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's nuts. It, it is something else. And but again, that is the unholy trinity here. It is <laughs> it is soils itself because yeah. of this. Just this. I don't know. Again, I. I Maybe it's all on M. Night's shoulders that his writing is just like so Trash. vastly Trash. inappropriate for this grim, mm. dreadful film. Uh, it is, and, and in a, and it's all him. <laughs> that sounds too. like a knock. That's a good way. Like uh, the horror elements are great. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. Man, it's a shame. The suicides and the violence of the film make an extremely effective horror. For those that know, there is a, uh, I'll call it the surprise shotgun scene uh, that is, uh, I mean, film-wise, horror-wise, phenomenal. Yeah. It is followed up, book-ended, or I should say book-ended, front and back, (laughs) by by jokes. By By jokes with children, no less. And it's just like, what is happening? Like, it is so... Like this stomach turning. Would you say, this is the defining. Oh, he's lost his touch. Yeah, yeah. It's, this it's, is where the milk has soured. By. Yeah, the milk was in the glass and it's, it's soured now. With, <laughs> yeah, right. you are straining it with a cloth. It was already in the glass. You don't know how how long it's been out, but yeah, the, this is where it happens. Um, and, and again, I, I can't stress enough. Uh, the film. It's a shame because the film conjures a lot of dread, and I mean dread specifically. Yeah. There is like when the rate the, when the rated R is there. It's yeah. good. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's such a helplessness uh, people feel from this, again, this invisible uh, a common switch theme. that is that is clicked on to yeah. cause people to kill themselves. And I'll, I'll be, I'll say this, you know, the twist, not really a twist either. There is a helplessness that leaves people just throwing stuff out there mm-hmm. in speculation. So throughout the film, you're kind of used to theory crafting enough that when it's it's finally revealed, it's like, okay, I, I, I guess one of those basically throughout right, the film. Right, okay. Maybe that adds to some of the bad, but man, it is all in that tonal whiplash. Again, I, I need a better word than whiplash. I need a, a tonal baseball, neck break. I was going to say, <laughs> baseball bat in the back of the head? Right, right. I need a... <laughs> Total blunt force trauma uh, that this film is. It's like walking into a house after somebody was cooking fish all day. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. One of those things. What's in the pot? Yeah. Right. right. One of those moments. Open up a window. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That the happening. Open up a window. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But um uh, uh once again, Tom, I was very conflicted on the rating of this one because it's such an experience to watch. Oh boy. This is it's gonna frustrate Matt D. A, this is gonna frustrate a certain producer of <laughs> Matt ours. Matt D is already typing I said so bad it's good he's already on the keyboard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's such a train wreck to watch. I mean, wow, it, it, it's something else. Um and I, I will say tentatively, yeah. this will, whenever we work out some of the more development of stamps, this will probably get that stamp. But I think 
I was overcome with one feeling that no one should actually want to experience this film, and that is what I'm going <laughs> to use as the guiding, uh, the guiding light, the North Star for The Happening. <laughs> okay. We're going to go ahead and give The Happening a 22. Ooh, 22. Big drop. Yeah, big, big drop. Big I love drop. it. If we keep on getting worse and worse, that's <laughs> I'll, awesome. I'll tell you, it's a roller coaster. This is a sliding scale. <laughs> Let's, can we get a bell curve here? Right, right. Uh, okay, 22% for The Happening. It's going down. Is there a reason you should sit down and watch this? Girls' night. Boys' night. <laughs> Girls' <laughs> Make a drinking game out of it. Like when someone kills uh, themselves. Definitely. The thing is, it's... it's <sighs> Sorry. It's, I it's, just realized it's, drinking it's, game. <laughs> Anytime someone kills themselves, drink. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to be killing yourself. <laughs> I, um, yes. I mean, all of the possible scenarios are so bad it's good. Right, okay. Inebriated to any degree. But also sure. at the same time, it's like... Again, the, the horror elements are really shocking and effective. So it's like, I don't know if it is a good time. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's wild. So Okay. Um, and this is uh, takes place on a train somewhat, right? Uh, a little bit. Train uh, to Philly? Or he, so? No, yeah, no. A... He gets out of the city uh, to go to okay, gotcha, more, gotcha. if you will, Lancaster style. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was trying to pinpoint you know, geomap. <laughs> Yeah, you feel like all of his stuff takes place in a county in Pennsylvania. He doesn't yeah. even explore. Right. He doesn't even explore Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like that, and he doesn't even exist with him. Yeah. He grew up right outside of outside of Philly, so people are wondering too yeah, why yeah. he's so attached he to this really area. He really is. He really is. Um, but okay, Vince. So before we move on to the last film here, we want to remind folks it is the value for value model. So. Are you finding the podcast and the website valuable? Do we make you laugh today? Do we make you cry? Whatever, you know? Are you, are you getting anything out of this? If you could, you put a dollar sign amount to that value. Um, you go to the dailyratings.com. You head to the donations tab. And whatever amount you want, go ahead, put it in. You write it a note, which we're going to read here and on on uh, on air once when you send it our way. And it's a through line to you. It opens up dialogue to you. And it's also it's a different kind of monetization. Uh, compared to some of the more evil or corporate ways of doing things. <laughs> Basically, are you liking it? What does it mean to you? Yeah. You know, we're taking some time to put it all together. We have a blast doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, are you having a blast as well? And again, sometimes $5 is a lot to somebody. That means it means a lot to us as well. Absolutely. Everyone's kind of got their own deal. We're not going to set you up with a pay structure or a tier structure or anything like that. And not only that, we're early on in our days. We're on episode 69. It's very exciting. Mm. We're still early on. Things yeah. take a while to catch on to things like that. So yeah, a huge way to help produce is tell somebody, you know? Hit somebody in the mouth about us. <laughs> if, if you hear a conversation going, going on, get us in the conversation. That's where we want to be right yep. now. We want to be in the conversation. So thank you to all those who have produced, those of you who will, those who continue to propagate the show out there. Mm -hmm. We thank you so much. Again, it's at dailyratings.com and head to the donations tab. Okay, so... We're jumping. There's a big jump from 08 mm -hmm. to 2003. Mm. I think somewhere in there we get into phase three. We're yes. now in phase three. Just look at the, the, the titles are different now. We're not getting <laughs> the or just one oh, good one word yeah. titles. We're now at Knock at the Cabin, which is just strange. Right. After the Sixth Sense, Signs, The Village, The Happening, yep. Glass, Split, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I would say. Um, yeah. Goal markers, uh, mile markers for the eras. I mean, obviously, first is Sixth Sense. I would say Happening is a good mark for Second Era. And then Third Era. Or close era, to it, or after it. Sure. He goes into Third Era. Right, yeah. exactly. It is definitely the, the trip that makes the fall. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then I, I personally would say Third Era and the current era we're in yeah. starts with Split. 
you know, he obviously makes starts the, with Split. Yeah, he makes the attempt to make Unbreakable a universe uh, or cinematic. I thought universe. that was all Phase Two. Yeah. If we break this down to like MCU, but this is M Night <laughs> M Night Shah. Right. Right. Um, universe. Glass and split because it's mm-hmm. all its own separate actual universe and it's mm. connecting stories. You don't put that in its own box. Uh, I definitely do. And then why we wouldn't cover something like Unbreakable on even okay, this, okay, this early okay. gotcha. studies? Gotcha. So. But that that's overall where I see kind of the eras. Maybe not exact science, but there's no yeah. exact science. To it. Exactly. But this exactly. but it's knock the cabin. I think his one or two before this mm-hmm. was delving with the same thing. Correct. Like, um, would you say third phase? Yes, definitely third phase. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, and everything's different. He's, he's got a bigger right. This is, first of all, he's not, this isn't just his own story. Yeah. It's coming off of a, it's based on a book. Mm-hmm. There's two other people working with him on the screenplay. You know, the music guy is different. The cinematographer is different. The film editing is yep. a little bit different now. Yep. And he's taking more, I want to say, a horror type approach. Absolutely. But anyway. He's back at the rated R. Right, back at the rating R. So it's Knock at the Cabin. This is our newly released. It's out in theaters now, wide release. How is he approaching filmmaking, really? You know what I mean? Like overarching. Right. What's what's a 10,000-foot view of the film? And then get to the weeds out of it. Sure, sure. I, I think he's, he's approaching film in the same way. It's about hype, honestly. Uh, I think you see that as a perfect example in the first trailer, which was one hell of a trailer. The second one, you could see, was cut up by some editing company, you know what I mean? It's right, right. Generic music and whatnot, but that first trailer was legitimately dynamite. I think I gave it a shout-out on the, on the podcast, actually. I think you might have, yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the ending notes, so... This also second go around with the R rating. Once again, a element of hype that he is yeah, putting okay. into the marketing that that is part of his brand, basically. Not to make it all business, but it is what how yeah. he's he's coming into you know introducing this film, and we don't really see that with old, which he did right before. I don't that's know why. Right. Old, that's it. right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't have star power to leverage with old. Um, Could be time at the box office too. Yeah. What else? Oh, true. What else to go see? Avatar is on its 19th week or something like that. You know what I mean? What are we going to see here? Um, what, what are we really going to see? Definitely here? through lines for him, though. Uh, we're family-centric again. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And we're based around horror, weirdness, or mystery, thriller, based yeah. around family. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Uh, nail on the head, Tom. Uh, and honestly, that uh, that some of where that crosses paths with inappropriate uh, with the rated R, um, mm. not uh, nowhere near the, the lows of the happening, Yeah, uh, I do think it still has a play here, which uh, uh, kind of uh, I'll get into obviously. Okay, in just, a sec. just to skip back when you were saying maybe you would have liked the happening to be rated R. It seems like when it was rated R because of the violent actions or anything like yep, that. It yep. seems like that's actually you were liking it most. Yeah, uh, it was just more so what that was paired with. Okay, got, uh, I see. I see. I, see. <laughs> I think he effectively created a great horror, but that horror uh, also okay. has a comedy tumor on it, basically. <laughs> 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 Definitely an unintended one, too. So, uh, Back to Knock at the Cabin, though. The story follows a gay couple with their adopted daughter uh, going on a, a leisurely cabin vacation in Pennsylvania. Uh, sounds nice. Get on Airbnb, rent a woodsy cabin. But within their, I mean, within the very first scene of the film, things spiral out of control way, way fast uh, as a group of four crazy messengers, zealots, individuals take the family hostage. They are 
tied together by visions of the apocalypse, and somehow harassing this family is key to preventing the end of the world. I think there's a couple highlights to our cast of four. Batista is definitely the highlight there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately... He but, was the most marketed, too. Yeah. Like, the most excitement was Batista in a serious role. He's getting out of his, like, his com- the comic book role and everything yes, like that. Yes, absolutely. And he is very publicly stating mm. he wants to be taken seriously as an actor. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it's been said a lot about this role, but definitely reminds me of his brief uh, but impactful role in Blade Runner uh, 2049. Sure, yep, yep. Right in the beginning there. Uh, and, yeah, I, I would say he is a part of the praise I would give to the film. Okay. So if you're a Batista fan folks uh this is this is probably a, a good watch just to see his involvement because he's pretty I, electric on screen i think part of the reason why too the movie's a little hot right now is mm-hmm. because he's coming off a of glass onion yes which got so much marketing and talked about of and course. everything like that so of yeah course. Absolutely. Uh, I got to say, I like how immediately we jump into the film. I mean, no joke, it is the very first scene we are in. Things really? start going bad. Yeah, which is nice. You know what I mean? Someone just get you into it. Exactly. It's an hour and 40. Snappy's still with him. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think an early note that I had was praising this pacing of the film. But unfortunately, I had to really deduct that note as it went on. Even as we start to unpack the motives of our captors, I really loved how front and center the focus of the plot was. We are focusing on, you know, the problem solving of how we get out of this kind of, not hostage situation, but... um, Captive? Yeah, captive. Getting out of this holdup, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, it is, unfortunately, it circles the drain. It's not something I've said in a long time. I think the last time we talked about circling the drain was that Spider-Man movie. But uh, Maybe. I feel like it's been said since then. (laughs) Probably. probably. (laughs) Maybe I used it. But um, that note of good pacing really went away because we circled the drain on the same exact situation basically four times over. Mm. The story structure is... Based on basically giving us, if you will, not one-on-one time, but a view into each of the four. Why they're so fanatical, uh, what their reasoning is, and actually how that plays with our captives, you know, the the family. Uh, And honestly, it's not bad. I certainly was curious what brought each of these, you know, four people to be so crazy. Right, uh, Because they're not... You know, they don't look like criminals. They're everyday people, if you will. Besides, you know, maybe Batista with all the all the jacked up. Uh, yeah, right, and all the tattoos. You know, my interest was there. Mm-hmm. I was even hyped as well to see the unpacking of why they think the apocalypse is going to come. But while it's not terrible, it is really stale. It, it just gets very, very, you know, just over and over so again. So, it, 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 I mean, it begs, the same thing. it begs the question then, where mm-hmm. would it have just made sense to have more of an intro to the film? Yeah. And have more just, instead of it starting right away, even though you liked it. Sure. Maybe you needed a little bit more of a runway of setting our characters up. Yeah. And then... The suspense thriller mystery people come. I think of. so. I think so. <clears throat> because so. it's just it's too long with the same thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it's why yeah. I you know didn't really you know I really was going to praise pacing for this kind of snap start to it. Uh, yeah. Now in forty is not long. That's for sure. Right. Right. But uh, I think uh, upon reflecting on the film, I think it was actually key to one of the problems I have with. I it. mean, it, it makes sense because and not only that, you are in. It's a knock at the cabin. You're in the cabin, right? Yeah, You're exactly. hanging Setting out. Setting-wise, we're very, we're stuck. Same crew. You know? Yeah, right. Okay. So really knock some time off or have your bad actors come in a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Performances-wise, I would say I have one good and one poor. 
The Good is absolutely Batista. He shows a lot of range in this role and breaks the usual funny buff guy kind of template that he's been going with since March. Sure, you know? yeah. Uh, and like we mentioned already um, with uh, with Blade Runner. I guess he wasn't escaping that with Glass Onion, though. So yeah, Glass Onion, he was j- jokester, big guy, tough yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. He was good inspector, but he didn't have any lines really. Oh, that's right. He was just the number two. He's a henchman. Buff guy. You're exactly yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good henchman. Right. Right. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I, I think it's a great subversion for him because um, you look his look, his actions in the film are terrifying, but his words mm. and his tone are comforting. They're almost relaxing, which is, you know, the other three. We're not creating, we're not baking that much into the performance. Right. That's yeah. why Batista is getting the shout out here. And that's why I would even say if you remotely like Batista, this might be a watch for you because he was bringing so much to it. Yeah. On the bad side, unfortunately, is our kid actor. And, and, uh. and, and, and she's, she's, she's a baby, basically. <laughs> I mean, Kristen Cooey, I believe, is uh, the actress' name. Uh, and she plays the daughter, uh, Wen. I, I think it, it really highlights highlights the larger problem I have with the movie. You know, honestly, M. Night is no stranger to casting kid actors in his films, you know. Yeah, starting with starting with Sixth Sense. Yeah, exactly. And Signs, absolutely. There's, there's a kid, maybe not in a major role, but in every one of the films we covered this week. So, the, not only is probably the strongest element of Sixth Sense, so... Uh, I, I don't think I would say casting kid actors is a is a, a bad thing for M Night, but specifically here, once again, crossing paths with that rated mm-hmm. R. Yeah, uh, when is not bringing it uh, and yeah. not bringing how terrifying the circumstances are. You know, she is downright adorable in this, and I have no doubt she'll get. You know, many, many more roles uh, acting on how cute she is and how well-spoken and how much she's able to, like, actually act. Yeah. But when it comes to the intensity uh, and when the intensity is cranked up, uh, she was just not bringing it. Uh, and it, so much <laughs> that it, it affects the believability of it. It's like, why is this child right. not crying? I mean, it's just the epitome of <laughs> <Yeah>. it acting. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I know. I've got to kind of hit on say the something no of, yeah. of it. Yeah. I could say something a lot more mean too but i'll keep that mute for now. <laughs> okay all right uh i it's just it's she is like you said she is young like she's younger than osmond was in the mm. sixth sense oh excellent observation you know yeah. so you're, you're i mean you're really how do you get tough with a like a four-year-old you know like you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta cry yeah, <laughs> yeah i i know it's I, I i and that's where it you know it doesn't bring me a lot of joy to to say that this kid was a, a core problem See, this is why kid acting used to be better in the olden days i think mm. because they would yell <laughs> well or I, i've heard stories oh i forget what actor it was uh-huh. they told him that his uh dog died oh my god <laughs> because they wanted to get emotion out of wow. him in a scene you know those yeah, are the good that's days. not gonna be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna fly these days. But um, only one kid or two children? One. Okay. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I, I, I'm folks. I'm sorry, uh, but the fear that is sold in scenes is immediately cheapened when yeah, you know, I, like I'm scared. 
you know, I'm scared <laughs> putting myself in anyone's shoes in that cabin room. Right. You know, why is this kid not? Yeah, crying? the one who should be the most scared. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like holding down the fort. Bingo, bingo. <laughs> you know, I mean, the horror is both very upfront and also abstract. You know, there's a lot of things for this kid to be scared of, and the fact that this little girl is not losing her mind again, there's a believability that I'm just kind of turning my brain off a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's something you can't control. It's just that's how it is with movies. Yeah. You yeah. know, and when it's like when it hits, it hits, and when it doesn't, it's it's a feeling. Whether Ex- you, yeah. whether you can put words to it or not yeah you feel it when you're watching it absolutely yeah that, that gut feeling there absolutely so i don't think she cries once uh in this and uh you know and she should like i said it, i think it's a big problem for the film specifically for my buy-in but again how the story exists within its rated r plot you okay know? yeah uh, or rather how our characters exist within that rated r plot so Unfortunately, this one was the second film this week that I was bored by. And uh, I don't like saying, oh, I'm bored by it. You know, that's very subjective. Yeah, you know? very, very right. But, um, I, I, you know, I think if anything, it caused me to really rack my brain and sit for why I thought this movie was leaning towards the bad side where otherwise people are just like, yeah, it's all right. You know, it's, it's, it's good. It's right. more M. Night. You know, I thought there was something lesser here. Uh, and then, then kind of forced me to think a lot more about it. So it's got a good hook. And believe me, I was hyped for it. But something about that single cabin setting, the story structure, and most of all, the lack of impact on characters makes this a bit of a snoozer. Uh, I would say it is an unsatisfying film, and I think it just didn't tie its own experience together. Uh, I was expecting something real bad or real good, and the result, unfortunately, was very middling. We'll give our Keystone boy another shot next time around. For now, we're going to go ahead and give Knock at the Cabin a 43. 43? Okay. You know, I don't really know. Have you been looking up other critics? Have you been kind of keeping an eye out on things or purposely staying away, you know, as not to kind of taint your... what? Yeah, I, I tried to stay away, especially for the possibility of twist buzz spoilers online. Right, yeah. After the fact, and more so after mm-hmm. refining some of my notes, uh, I'll tell you. I mean, I, I feel like people are giving it mild praise uh, because maybe some of that stuff doesn't bother them, but right. nothing is above, like nothing, nothing is huge praise for this film. Yeah, uh, yeah, online, yeah. So okay, so wow, kind of middle of the road. This definitely goes in a bad Shyamalan. Yeah, which, just which is a shame. It, the the coin was flipping on its side, and unfortunately, I think it lands on the bad one. And really, what it is, maybe have you not circled the drain over the same things multiple times. Yeah, and if maybe you had a little bit of child acting, it probably would have been spruced up yeah. a decent amount. Yeah, you know, it gets stale on it. It gets stale. On itself. Yeah. It also is based off of a book. Yeah. yeah. So the light research I put into that is that he did change the ending of it. So. Mm, Interesting. You know, that's an an important piece to it all. But I think uh, for M. Night, uh, I'm I'm honestly excited to see what else he can do. Because I think after this week, yes, it was a roller coaster. Uh, I am rooting for him, though. Uh, yes. I, just how I would root for George, George Lucas. And like I he's ha- a creative <laughs> to his own detriment. I, w- <laughs> I, I, I feel like this one put him back on the map a little bit. Sure. <clears throat> we'll see. The problem is it's just this random January release that is kind of getting mild praise mm. or m- moderately light kind of. Sure. But he's been talked about more fondly than what he has been in the past 
which is good. Like five, six, seven, eight years. Sure. Would you say he? That's, Absolutely. I, I feel like there's a little bit more. There was a time that his name was being removed from trailers mm. because of such a haunt. In, wow, uh, that's that's interesting it. way to look at it. Yeah. yeah so. uh, question for you with these films. Yeah. Which one, as far as Pennsylvania movies, <laughs> which one wins? Ooh. Because Six Sense, we have Philly. Signs, yep. we have Rural Farm, Pennsylvania. Yep, yep. The Village, we have... Bucks, literally Bucks County. Right, yes. Yeah. The, the Village, that was such a talk of the town, it's filmed in Bucks County. Yeah, 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 um, The Village, which is like Amish, rural-ish, yeah. right? The Happening, which is more city. Yep. And the Knock at the Cabin, which is rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> right, right, right. I would say... I want to maybe give it to the village. There's a lot of focus on the stonework of, of oh. these type of like old farm buildings yeah, 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 yeah. and whatnot. And honestly, you know, they, they, that, that's a good follow through on it. Okay. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> none of these are going into this much talked about kind of, we've always played with a essential PA. <laughs> right. None yes. of these would go into here? Um, Six Sense because it's such a big movie or no? Six Sense, I think, just because it's a big movie. Also, it, again, the Philly shots look great and I think it has okay. play. I think, yeah, maybe Six Sense. Would it's in the in talking there. to be in there. Yeah. Right, right. Because right. we know that some would probably be in there. Right, right. I love that. That would idea, be a great but... special. I think it would be I think it would be a part one and part two as well. Right, right. I was just well, Andrew and I were in the airport recently and our flight being delayed seven hours and <laughs> me with my small bladder, I had to walk past this wall in uh-huh. the airport where they have all the movie posters oh, of, really? of Philly movies. There's a decent amount of them. Yeah. You'd be surprised by some. <laughs> um, okay, all right. So Interesting list. I think we're both rooting for Shyamalan. Yes. Honestly, I, uh, if, I didn't, if the PA angle wasn't in there, I don't think I would be as hyped with him <laughs> yeah. or care as much. Right, right. But we I, definitely I, have a disposition. I, I, yes, I feel like I have invested interest here. But <laughs> looking at these, you know, watching these films, looking at these, uh, anything else you want to touch on or uh, do we roll credits here? No, I mean, uh, more so than anything, it was a roller coaster. Uh, I'm glad uh, something in the must-watch uh, sat in the same episode as a 22. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that enough. <laughs> yeah. We have a must-watch on this list, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is really mostly unheard. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah I, I mean in that i obviously have you know seen it all before i think it right. was coming back to it with a critical lens and just again being uh, awestruck how the film functions in a dual way so um there's a there's a lot to love there uh and like i said there's plenty of more to return for m night if you're upset we didn't get to the last airbender or the unbreakable trilogy you know just gonna be making more you know he's coming movies. out and just give it two years <laughs> Just give it two more years. Like clockwork. And I like this too and two. I like to do some good, do some bad. Yep. I like slowly we'll work through Shyamalan's work. I think that's it's great. It's pretty cool. Vin, thank you so much for watching these films. Thanks for stopping by. Folks at home, we'll run it down one more time. We have The Sixth Sense with an 85%. Signs with a 65. The Village with a 54. The Happening with a 22. And Knock at the Cabin with a 43%. Folks, we thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, would you give us a good rating or tell a friend about us? If you're wondering if a film is worth the watch or just like to see more movie ratings for Vince, be sure to stop by the dailyratings.com where we have our ever expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the donations tab on the dailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you receive from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Readings Podcast. <laughs>